It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for the opening, the opening drive. So, Dan, uh, Justin Fields uh, was, I thought, pretty, I think he expansive is probably the best. It seemed like he talked a little bit. He was willing to go into some explanations about some things that happened against the Lions. Obviously, he's coming off a very good individual game. Team hasn't uh, won. And they didn't win that game, a tough loss. But it's it's interesting to me how he has been pretty good after the defeat, even though everybody, you know, in Chicago was like, oh boy, the Bears are three and eight and they're staring at, you know, another season and what's going to be next for Matt Eberflus. Justin Fields has handled himself like, okay, he, he understands what how bad things are, but um, not all that negative. Well, we talk about finishing strong in games. I think it also applies to finishing strong in a season. And so I think Justin understands the stakes, both for himself and the team, of, of what's ahead here. Uh, you know, obviously starting with the Lions game and his return and then progressing through these final six games. Uh, the bye week comes right after the Monday night game. So you'll have a chance to reset a little bit there and then try to try to really close in, in, a, in a way that that is strong. And, and look, I think it was kind of universal in this building that, um, there was a lot of energy that Justin's performance against the Lions provided. It was really good in a lot of different ways. And so you're looking to build on that, you know, and all this is about building, about climbing. Uh, the quarterback, I think, senses an opportunity to do just that. I thought it was most interesting to me the way that he talked about the Tyler Scott play, the miss. The yeah. fact that the, you know, I, I don't know if it was technically a drop, if it went down as a drop, but I think it was a play that everyone feels like, Tyler Scott could have made, uh, will make it one day, but it was not because of Justin Fields in the throw that it didn't work. And I thought that when asked about would he go back to him again, his philosophy about going to receivers and expecting them to do their jobs as long as he does his was, I thought, and maybe he's always felt this way. And that's what always made him a good, good quarterback. But in the midst of all the losing and the, the culture that we always talk about and, and losing becomes a habit, it was not a defeatist approach. And I thought it was a pretty mature thing to say, you know what, next time I'm going to go to Tyler Scott. And he tried to prop him up publicly and privately. I imagine he's doing the same thing. That's a sign of a good leader. No, no question about it. And of all the answers that Justin gave to questions on, on Wednesday, I thought that one was the most impressive because it was an acknowledgement that the play didn't hit the way they wanted it to, but it was also handled in a way where Justin not only vocalized support for a young rookie teammate uh, who's obviously trying to pick himself back up, but, but also stress the need for a quarterback to play the play, you know, and, and sometimes you just have to, um, play every play with confidence that the guys you're, you're playing with are going to do what they are supposed to do. And I think that's an, a critical step moving forward. Now, look, like I think Tyler Scott probably factors into that because this is a kid who's very conscientious, comes to work every day, works his tail off and, and builds in that belief from the people around him that he's doing all the right things to position himself for success. And sometimes things happen. No one in this building here has called it a drop. Everybody has said he misjudged it. 
you know, and so I think there's an important distinction there where I think they're doing that for a reason to, to, you know, let the rookie know that look like this happens. You're playing receiver for the, for the fourth season in your football life and there are going to be bumps in the road. And so just figure out what the learning lesson was from that particular instance, which is running through the ball. And as Tyke Tolbert told us on Friday evening, like Justin throws a really good deep ball. It's very rarely going to be underthrown. So just understand that when you're running your route, run through it. And if it is underthrown, then you adjust to that, but make sure that your, your, your default set is full speed, expect the ball to be out in front of you. Before we get to what Lucchetti had to say about that play specifically, I wanted to uh, also address the way Justin Fields talked about his 104-yard rushing day and, you know, running versus passing. And I'm sure that came up and just where he is mentally because, Dan, again, from the outside, and I know he spoke right after the game, but just watching the Bears and watching Justin Fields, it looked like not only were they putting him in more spots to take advantage of his running ability, but he was, he was more aggressive uh, when they did that. And he seemed like he was more natural and he looked like a guy who hadn't played in 35 days with the fresh legs. What did he say about whether or not he's feeling enthusiastic about going in that direction? Is that going to be something that he, you know, we can see over the final six games or how did he address that? Well, look like it's a good question because they got him out on the edge a few times in uh, various ways. And Justin acknowledged that that's going to be more difficult against a Vikings team that brings pressure from every direction, you know, and sometimes you may think, okay, we're going to try to go get out on the edge here. Well, they've got, they've got someone waiting there for you via some exotic blitz or some concept that takes things away from you. So it's going to be a totally different puzzle uh, that they, that they're putting together against the Vikings on Monday night. I also think like you think back earlier in the year where they ran a, maybe it was against the Chiefs. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. They ran a bunch of, uh, of read option concepts, and the, the defense dictated that you give the ball. Maybe it was in Tampa. Tampa, it was sometime in September, and you were just like, okay, like if the defense is going to give you six-yard gives to the running back, take them all day because that's positive momentum moving forward. Well, the Lions played it in a different way and gave Justin the ability to get outside with some of those zone read plays at times and and, and make them pay in that regard. And so that, that that's an interesting juggling act as well because there are going to be different reads on different plays against different opponents, and so so um, like the idea that that the, the game plan that was used against the Lions is going to be replicated every game from here on out is misguided. And so the Bears are just going to have to, to, to figure out which direction to take that based on what they're seeing. Well, I think also what makes this next challenge interesting is that we just saw what we saw. And I know what you said is valid. And then you've got the Brian Flores factor, because yeah. before Justin Fields went down against the Vikings, they had his number. And he wasn't playing at a high level. And you wonder, okay, is this not allowed to talk about that because he got hurt and he left the game prematurely. That's, that's a rule amongst some people. You can't talk about that game. Well, so, but but the thing is, you don't have to talk about it. We saw it, you know, (laughs) Yeah, right. they were getting the most of them. They were either outsmarting Justin Fields or Luke Getze, or maybe both because it wasn't, it wasn't his finest hour. And I looked it up today. He had 40 net passing yards on seven possessions. That's not good. And he wasn't – let's let's just say this. Justin Fields has had a passer rating of, a, of at least 100 in three of his last four games. He wasn't on track to do that in that game before no, the injury. 
No, he, sir. He, he did not look like somebody who was, well, you know, if he just stayed healthy, he'd been rolling. No, he was not. So I wonder, does Brian Flores say, all right, well, we're going to do the same thing and confuse him again? Or oh, yeah. look that, that, well, maybe, but, 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 but is that the same approach the Bears don't can you acknowledge? I mean, the the approach against the Lions was different than the approach against the Vikings in the way that they utilized Justin Fields. Oh, 100%. No, I'm saying that I I fully expect Brian Flores to turn it loose again, and and you're going to be seeing pressures uh, on two out of every three snaps. You know, coming from all different directions, from all different combinations of players, and so um, I think there's a lot of people that expect this to be a uh, another good measuring stick moment because you saw what happened the first time they played. Now, how do you respond to that? How does the coordinator play the chess game in a way that, that sets you up for success? How do you as a quarterback live through the experience you had six weeks ago and take your uh, best foot and move it forward, you know? And so that, that that's going to be really interesting to, to watch it play out on a national stage Monday night again, right? Like there, there's no hiding and this is going to be a, a game that's illuminated for the world to see. And as you know, uh, really since last March, the Justin Fields conversation has been supercharged locally. It's been supercharged uh, at times nationally. And so I think the whole world is going to be waiting for a Tuesday morning opportunity to weigh in on, on what, what we see on Monday night football. Last thing on this, before we get to maybe some Getsy audio, I wonder if this is related at all or not. Justin Jefferson's status for the game would be considered murky as we sit here and talk today. I don't know if there's going to be much clarity before Monday night. Maybe they like it that way. Uh, I don't think that the criticism he's been exposed to on social media has been fair. And I'm glad that he lashed out on Friday against some of those characterizations. But I wonder this, does his availability affect how the Vikings will approach their overall game plan with Kevin O'Connell, maybe not offensively, but just the entire, you know, if you have, if you have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, you're more maybe willing to take some risks that you, you don't ordinarily take because you oh, have no doubt. such a high powered offense. And, and you look at Kevin O'Connell, I mean, somehow, I mean, this guy gets things done. You thought they were going to be hurt without Kirk Cousins, then they lose Jefferson and wow. So, Dan, I wonder, when you look at Jordan Addison, who's dangerous, he's got, what, seven touchdown passes this year? Seven, They're still yeah. a dangerous team, but you add Justin Jefferson, maybe that that affects how they would play defensively, maybe it affects how many shots they take offensively. That's a big, obviously, it goes without saying, get the best receiver in the league, but how does Justin Jefferson's status affect the, the mindset? No, I mean, it impacts everything because he's one of the best players in all of football, and, and you have to be conscious of him on every snap, which then in turn opens things up for a Jordan Addison, for a TJ Hawkinson for a KJ Osborne. And, and, and now you've got a, a quarterback in Josh Dobbs, who's uh, going to be playing his fourth game with the Vikings and, and, and making his third start. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of time on task with Jefferson, but how much time on task do you need to, to let that guy go make plays? I don't expect Jefferson to play as we record this podcast on, on Friday evening. Uh, it just feels like it's trending in a direction where he's going to take a little bit more time. The Vikings headed into their bye week after this, and then you have an opportunity beyond that to to kind of to, to finish the season in that capacity. Uh, look, like these are business decisions that guys are making in addition to to trying to, um, you know propel their team in the direction it needs to go. And it just has felt for the last couple of weeks, like Jefferson wants to make darn certain that he's ready to go before he pushes himself and, and, and suffers a, a potential setback. 